I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome to So Ma, So Good, a Fruits Basket reboot podcast. Here we're talking about the first season of the Fruits Basket reboot. We try and keep it spoiler free, but every now and then we slip up, so spoilers will be down in the description for timestamps. Anything that has been adapted to the anime, season one or season two, we're not considering a spoiler. Um, also, content warnings will be down there. Let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Haru Love Podcast. Haru Love Podcast. <laughs> Love is stored in the Haru. So true. So true. I just... He is really one of my favorite characters in Fruits Basket. I feel like every single time I reread or rewatch Fruits Basket, I love him even more. It's just like the more you think about him, the more you see him, the more you're like, this is... This is perfect. This is boy. He's amazing. I feel like I focus a lot on my top three, which are Yuki, Shigure, and Akito, and not enough on my number four, which is Haru. (laughs) (laughs) Neglected fourth. Truly. (laughs) Do I have a top three? I don't know. I just love many character and Fruits Basket. Um, Yeah. Haru's so good. He's just exceptionally good. And he has a really good, like, intro episode. He One of the best, I think. He has such a good intro episode. Yeah, I think... I think maybe the only intro episode that's better is, like, Hattori's? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, the like, these are both... But it's, like, weird to compare those two episodes since they're, like, so tonally different. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Haru has a much more comedic episode. Um... I would say it's almost comparable to IMAs, but it's better than IMAs. Yeah. IMA has a good episode, too. Yeah, he has a good one. Um, But uh, Haru, I'm like... (laughs) 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 But (laughs) Haru is like a bigger character than IMA in the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. But he's... I just... this, This episode's great. Yeah. I love Haru. I love this episode. Um, I want to say I, I'll I'll have to like come back to this when we finish the season. But I kind of feel like this is my favorite episode of the season. It's just a really good episode. It's just it's really like good. It's, it's really so funny. Fun. It's like one of the yeah. one of my favorites. Like definitely in like a comedic way for sure. The first two episodes are really really good. Oh, you're right. They are really the good. The Hattori <laughs> episode's good, and this episode's really good. I don't. Know. Well, yeah. I mean, we're gonna do this as we'll, pro- do, we'll probably yeah. do a wrap up, yeah. so we can talk about this later but yeah so shall we just start going going through it yeah the cold open's perfect it's so funny i love the cold open it's just like a it's really really funny it's like just a perfect little joke and it's also just like a really good introduction to haru as a character um and that he's like so cool looking so like I don't know, they're like, wow, he seems like he goes to clubs, like, we should go, like, talk to him. And then he immediately gets on his fucking bicycle and bikes away! And it's like, yeah, Haru is really intimidating looking, but he's also just kind of, like, a weirdo. First and foremost is he is just kind of a weirdo. Full of love. I learned this recently. For cultural context, the bike that he has is, like, considered, like, a mom bike. 
and that's really, like why really they're good. like that's why they're like um because i mean to us like the bike is ridiculous but but there's another layer of it's like that that looks like a bike a mom would own <laughs> that's even better and even more haru it's so good yeah, yeah. Haru's great. He's such, like, an interesting, weird little character, and I can't think of a single other character that's like him. Yeah, no, I agree. He's very unique. He's perfect. Yeah. Um, so, then we have the, yeah, we have that perfect little cold open, that's just a delight, and then we go into the groceries. So funny. I, like, this episode has really good early Fruits Basket Yuki Kyo fights, and the Yuki Kyo fight, like, when they walk out of the grocery store and as they're walking home is just, like, one of my favorite exchanges. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, Yuki straight up murders this man with weeks, and he doesn't even care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, Kyo is on the floor gagging. (laughs) But what I like is, like, Yuki takes all the groceries... Because I think he also kind of, like, he's like, I'm, I treat Toru right. Yeah. Some people. <laughs> um, not, not in, like, a competitive way. I mean, sort of, but in just, like, a, it's not romantic. It's not, like. It's competitive and like, he's, like, competing with Kyo. He's, like, I'm, yeah. like, I have better manners than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm um, more refined. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. Um, and then Kyo's, like, what the fuck? No, give me some. And you, he's, like you'll break the eggs and then it cu- cuts for or it doesn't cut forward but then immediately like while they're walking they start arguing and kyo just drops his grocery bag on the ground just, so yuki you know, was hesitation. right yuki was right yeah exactly i hope they didn't give him the eggs me too um, but they're funny and it's very much like yeah they bicker yeah it's good it's their bickering is um, just so funny and I also love that they're both like, well, you didn't have to come. Like, you shouldn't have come. And it's like, I like that they're both like bickering about this, but they both wanted to come because they both like hanging out with Toru. I like that neither of them went into the grocery store. Yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> they I just guess hung they out just... outside together. Yeah. Extremely weird. Um, but I guess they wanted to help her carry the bags home. Um, mm. Yeah. And... I, this is like a weird little note, but Toru in the next scene re-wears her little, like, black turtleneck and yellow skirt outfit. I really like this detail that, like, Fruits Basket doesn't have, like, the whole, like, set, like, each character gets one outfit, like, thing that some cartoons do, which is, like, fine, if that's what you're going for. But I like that they have characters re-wear outfits. I think it's, like, a detail that, like, adds a lot of realism, and it's, like, these characters is, like, this is a person with a closet, and they re-wear their clothes, um, which is something that a lot of live-action TV shows and movies often neglect to add. Um, they often have characters wear whole new outfits for every costume change, um, and don't show characters reutilizing, like, pieces of their clothes, which I think is, like, a fun, nice detail, and I'm like, damn, Fruits Basket, doing even better costume design than some live-action shows. Yeah, agree. I think I actually think like one of the design, um, like uh, I want to say department because I'm whatever. 
But one of the design aspects that I think that Fruits Basket excels in is the costume design, just in general. And also, like, because they do have, like you said, like, they have characters we wear outfits, and they also have um, Toru's. Toru has the biggest closet out of everyone, which makes sense. She's the protagonist. Um, She and Yuki and Kyo, they actually mix and match their tops and bottoms sometimes, which I love. Yeah, that they have, like, a closet. They have a wardrobe that they wear. And it's their clothes. Yeah. yeah. I think good. it's really nice. It's a good touch. Shigure, Shigure also rotates through. He has, like, a couple of different kimonos. <laughs> That's nice. I, I liked um, when Shigure's like, take a bath. And Yuki's like, I don't feel well. And Shigure starts being a little asshole about it. Um, I like the, like, um, in the very beginning of the episode... That they establish early on that, like, Yuki is, in a, like, not feeling well, and so he's in a bad mood. So it's kind of hard to tell in the very beginning because he's fighting with Kyo, and that's a very, like, typical Kyo-Yuki exchange. But that he's, like, being salt, like, that salty towards Shigure. Like, I like the little just hint that, like, he's not, like, feeling 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's just, like, nice, a nice writing thing. Nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um... I also just like that Yuki is, I don't know, we get to see his grumpy side more as we, like, continue in the show, and, like, I feel like Yuki's a little bitchier this episode than he normally is, which is just fun. Yeah, We love definitely. to see Yuki be bitchy. Yeah. Um, it means he's comfortable. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, that's how you know Yuki's feeling safe, is he is a bitch. Um, <laughs> excellent quality Uh, yeah and then we activate feral gym boy kyo um (laughs) he just manifests um i like he just like he at the first sniff at the first whiff of uh competition um athletic competition he just some switch in his brain flicks and he is a wild animal for the rest of this episode. It's so good. He's just like the epitome of that guy in your gym class who takes it way too fucking seriously. I That's know. Kyo. It's literally, I'm like, oh, I have seen this boy. I have witnessed this boy. I have been like around, I have been yelled at in gym class by this boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Excellent realism. That that boy shares a trait that Kyo has that Shigure comments on in this episode, and it's that Kyo runs hot. I, I just think that's a really yeah. good character trait, that Kyo runs hot. But those he boys does. always run hot. They do. Why do and they run so hot? Uh, it's, it's the testosterone, I assume. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Kyo does run hot. They're like, why are you wearing short sleeves, you freak? And he's like, mm-hmm. Um... And he's the only boy in gym class, like, later on at the race, where everyone else is wearing their little, like, athletic zip-ups. And yeah. Okay, we'll get into how Kyo is dressed during that later. Um, <laughs> fucking wild animal. Freak. Um, he's such a freak. Truly, he loses his domestication in this episode. He really does. Um, oh, can we talk about Yuki's <laughs> hashtag? His mommy issues getting hashtag fucking triggered. When Toru feels his forehead, uh, and he's like, he, like she feels his forehead, and he is like, 
oh. <laughs> like, he gets, like, super flushed, and he's, like, and his eyes get really big. I'm, like, oh, honey, you want a mommy. <laughs> uh, he really, he really does. He really does. See, I was too, during these exchanges, I was too, like, focused on Toru's, um, issues coming through that I was not even paying attention to Yuki. Well, don't worry, because I only pay attention to Yuki. <laughs> this is why we balance each other out. Yeah. Um, but no, he like, I, it, it's, it's cute. I mean, like it, it is like getting your forehead felt by someone is like weirdly intimate. Like it's like kind of, it's not, it's not like actually affectionate, but it feels affectionate, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm sure that like, if the people who were taking his temperature, like if he was sick, were probably like the maids in the Soma estate, um, doing it cause it's part of their job. Um, but with Toru, she's, like, actually worried about him. And that's why she doesn't even ask first. She's so worried that she's like, oh, I have to check if you have a fever. And I bet yeah. for the most part people would, like, it would be, like, Hattori using, like, an actual thermometer and less, like, a hand to the forehead. Yeah. Um, did you know that apparently mothers, I don't know if they did this study with fathers, but they did a study, and mothers are more accurate at, like, doing the forehead touch to see if their child has a fever than, like, a normal person would be. Like, if I were to feel your forehead, I would be less accurate than a mother feeling the forehead of their own child. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really Maternal wild. instinct's real, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. But, fun fact, I guess. Uh... <laughs> And that's why Toru's really good at being able to tell, because she's his real mother. She is his real mother. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we also see, yeah, we start to see Toru's anxieties about um, colds and just illnesses in general mm -hmm. sort of surface in this episode, which are related to her trauma. Um, so it's like, oh, we'll just talk about this all at once at some point. Then do we go to, like, the race scene, where they, mm -hmm. they're all getting ready for the... Yeah. Um, I'm begging every female student <laughs> that's not Toru or Hana and Uo to be fucking normal about Yuki for one single second of their life. They're like, oh my god, his beautiful, smooth calves. They're so <laughs> pale and slender. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? I also did make a note of, again, just, like, very culturally different to, like, to, to be like, oh my god, he has, like, bare, like, smooth calves that are so pale, they're so sexy. Like, that is a yeah, very that's... different beauty standard from what we have in America for men. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've said this before, but, like, if Yuki was American, he'd get bullied. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. What would a straight, horny teenage girl desire out of a man's calf? I think, well, okay, Mu well, we're not, we're not good, <laughs> um, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? We don't have first-hand experience with this, but I feel like American straight girls really like arms, like forearms. Mm. Yeah. And also, I think yeah. a lot of American girls like hairy guys. I don't, that's not like... Everyone. That's See, a preference, I, I remember but... in high school, girls were like kind of grossed out by really hairy by hairy guys. 
I think it just depends. In like, my... I think it's just a preference. Yeah. Yeah. I know girls well, who are and girls who aren't. True. Well, boys in Fruits Basket, they don't know how to be normal about Yuki and his slender legs. His slender, um, slender ankles. <laughs> and, um... Then Toru gets manhandled away from talking to Yuki because no one knows how to fucking act at this school. Um, I love how it's like, oh, Toru's weird, and then I'm like, never mind, Toru is more normal than all of these freaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and that's also a really good Kyo moment when they're having a conversation. Yeah. And they look over, and Kyo is, like, and kissing and crouching on the ground. He- <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking, like, his eyes are on fire. He's, like, his- he's got an ears and a tail. Like, he's just, like, he is fully feral. Yeah. Kyo is fully feral here in this moment. He's and he's alone. He's alone. And no one, like, will go near him. There's, like, a border around him. No one wants to be around him. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, like, radiating chaos. <laughs> like, there's something deeply wrong with this boy and we cannot be near him at this time. I think I think so much about their classmates and how they knew Yuki for, like, however however much of the school year that they've known Yuki for, like, nine months or something. Um, and the whole time, he's just been this, like, really polite, like, pretty quiet, like, uh, very, like, reserved guy. And then Kyo comes in, and the two of them are constantly going at it. And it's, like, it probably seems so out of character for him. I, I just, like, want to read, like, like, some classmates' perspective on, like, what happened there. Because it is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't fight in school. At- they, you, Yuki tries not to fight with him in front of the cl- his classmates, I think. Mm-hmm. But he's still, like, meaner to Kyo in public than I think anyone would expect him to be. Yeah. But even, like, when they um, start the race, like, Yuki fucking takes yeah, off with Yuki- him, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so, Kyo's being a horrible little feral animal, and... Oh, Hana, I want to walk the mile with Hana. I would walk the mile with Hana? <laughs> I would walk... God, I never had to do the mile. Um, really? So it was... We didn't do it in high school, for whatever reason. Um, and I didn't go to elementary school. Um, but... Yeah, I never had to, I had to do the pacer, mm. but never the mile. Yeah, I <laughs> I had a very long mile <laughs> in middle school. I don't remember what I did in high school. I think I had like a 10 yeah. minute mile in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because now yeah. as an adult, I can walk a mile in 15 minutes, but it's neither here nor there. Oh yeah, I mean, I had to walk a mile every morning to get to my fucking train, but um yeah fucking power walk with all of my backpack and shit so you know what maybe that's why they didn't make me walk the mile in high school is i already did it every goddamn day you're you're supposed Um, to run the mile just so you know right yes i was never going to do that um but i would walk the mile with hana jima i would love to walk i would love to just be in gym class with hana Dude, um, Hana is the exact kind of girl I would be friends with in gym class. You know, you have that special camaraderie with the people in your gym class. Yeah. And Hana really and I do. would be, like, like skulking on the sidelines, like, trying not to, like, get picked for a team. American Hanajima mm-hmm. wears the Cookie Monster sweatpants or pajama pants or whatever <laughs> in gym class. <laughs> Ooh, 
<laughs> no. Me and Hana would be gym class allies. It yeah. It would be great. The boys blast off. Yeah, I love how, like, nonchalant Yuki's acting before the race. Ed Q is, like, hype as fuck, obviously, because he can't control himself. Um, and then he, the second the race starts, he, like, instantly matches Kyo's energy. It's so funny. But it also, like, I think, like, Yuki just has this, like, compulsive need to, like, to just match Kyo and, like, be superior to him. So if Kyo challenges him, he can't let it go. He either has to antagonize him until Kyo w- walks off or he has to compete with him. He That's cannot he cannot stomach l- losing to Kyo in any right. way, shape, or form. And so if Kyo challenges him, Yuki's like, well, I guess I'm in this. Um, <laughs> even if he thinks it's stupid, he's just like, well, I still can't say no to a challenge from Kyo. Um, yeah. Um, then Toru thinks Haru is an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, like, collapsed on the side of the road. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Um, and he's not. He's Haru. He's mm-hmm. a 14-year-old boy. Uh. He sure is. <laughs> he sure is. He's so tall. Um, yeah, he is. I like that they make Tor- or Haru just, like, physically big. I wonder wh- at what age he had his growth spurt. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Because he's taller- he's taller than Kyo, but Kyo was taller than them when they were kids. Uh. Yeah. He's taller than- he's taller than both of them. I think he's the tallest teenager. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't know how tall he got and when. Nor does it really matter. Anyway. Um. (laughs) Then, one of the first things we see Haru do as a character is, um, make Kyo eat fucking pavement iconic just and then he immediately breaks the fourth wall and he's like hey kids don't do this at home this is only fine because for whatever reason kyo is just like really durable just a durable boy and kyo's in the background being like just because i'm durable doesn't mean you can do this the fourth wall Um, break is funny in every single iteration of fruits basket it's so fucking funny so good is Haru the only character that does it? I think Ayame might do it. That makes sense. Yeah. If anyone does it, it's those two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I love that Haru, like, it's a fucked up thing to do, but it really was the only way to get Kyo's attention. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. There was no way he would have stopped otherwise. Yeah. Um. So fucking weird. And then comes one of my favorite Haru lines that he says twice in the episode where he goes, Mystery. Yeah! He does it twice! It's <laughs> it so good! It's so fucking cute. He he <laughs> says this, like, in other episodes, too. It's just, like, a thing he says. I think he just, like, likes the way it sounds or something. Really, really yeah. funny and a cute little quality of his. I find it extremely endearing. Yes, it is. It's so freaking cute. Mystery. Yeah. And you know what? Mystery. It just does not hit in the English dub the way that it hits in the Japanese. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because he says it. It's like it's funny. He says it he in says English. This one sing- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they would have to dub it correctly. He would have to say something in like Japanese, I guess. Or I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah, and then he, but he gets lost. I. Yeah, he gets lost. Yeah, he no, gets but... lost for three days. He leaves the Soma's day on Sunday, and now it's Wednesday. 
Why is he, like, what was he doing? Like, he was just, like, biking around Tokyo completely lost, like, sleeping under bridges or something. Like, has he been eating? Like, does he have money? (laughs) He's so chill that, like, who knows? He's, like, chill, like, to a fault. He's too chill. I mean, he is too chill because then when he can't fucking be chill anymore, he just explodes. Yeah. (laughs) He's just, like, he, that's, like, that was, like, me, like, I'm, as far as, like, traveling goes, I'm a great traveler in the sense that I'm very unflappable when things go wrong, and I just am like, okay, that's fine, let's figure it out, let's go with the flow. Like, I'm very hard to stress out. I'm a terrible traveler in the sense that I'm, like, bad at planning and get lost easily. Um, (laughs) You sound like Haru. I'm like Haru. This is why I love him. We're kindred spirits. Um... (laughs) Me and Haru would have a great time traveling together. We would get completely lost and end up all sorts of weird places, but I bet we'd eat a lot of good food. True. Um, and have a nice time. Yeah. Um, I like the continuity of the last episode. Haru was like, oh, Kyo's not here. I wanted to fight him. And then in this episode, he's yeah. like, Kyo, I wanted to fight you on New Year's. Where were you, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I like that he, like, bows really deeply to Toru, and Toru's like, wow, he's so polite. I think this is, like, a fun little detail in that, like, Haru, like, white Haru or whatever, is very, he's a sweet boy. He's a very sweet, nice boy who is polite. Um, And then he immediately, then he has, of course, his other side. But I like that he, Toru, is, like, flustered by his, like, deep bow to her. I thought that was cute. It's adorable. I also noticed in this episode yeah. that um, he was referring to Toru with the word for you that is um, casual. It's, like, familiar, um, which I just think is cute that he's immediately, like, very familiar with Toru. Yeah. It, 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 like, fits his character, you know, to just be like, we're friends. <laughs> Tor- er, not Toru. Haru is very... Uh, direct and mm. open and sort of trusting and it, it just makes sense he's friendly with people he he's nice he's easygoing and uh he's like yeah Taurus sounds great friend now um, <laughs> um and then he goes black <laughs> yes yes and then he goes black the fucking scream laughing he does when he like the second <laughs> he does he scream laughing and Hughie's like Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the build-up where Yuki's like, Kyo, just do what he wants, Kyo. And, like, you can just, like, s- see he's exhausted and knows what's coming. And then immediately after Yuki is trying to get Kyo to um, play along, Haru flips. And <laughs> just so funny. Just Yeah, he starts scream laughing. It's great. And Yuki looks like he wants to perish. Literally. Yeah, Yuki does not want to be here. It's not that Yuki doesn't want to (laughs) see Haru. It's just um, that Haru is a lot, and so is Kyo, and they're clearly a lot together. And he's sick. Yeah, he's sick, he's tired, he was just running, and now these two chuckle fucks are screaming at each (laughs) other and, like, flying eight feet in the air to kick each other. And Yuki is just like, I want to go home. Um... I, I also love, just, like, from Yuki's behavior, you can tell that this has happened before and often. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
how many times at the yeah. dojo has Haru just gone off on Kyo and Yuki's like okay <laughs> um, I'm just gonna sit down I'm gonna go take a nap like <laughs> oh yeah. you want to um, talk about the best moment in this episode yes <laughs> the, ha- <laughs> the Haru Yuki flirting what I just oh my he, god like, he's... he grabs him by the fucking chin it's like dude I'm, I'm finally gonna make you mine like what and he says, and also, he said, and do what with me? <laughs> Yuki! <laughs> Yuki! What? <laughs> Yuki! <sighs> I love how right before that, Toru's like, oh, so he's like Kagura? And Yuki's <laughs> like, no, he's worse. And then Haru immediately flies over to him to just, like, hit on him aggressively. And I'm like, Yuki... <laughs> I love this fucking oh. exchange because it's very it's like it, so... it's very like um again you can tell that Haru has done this before by Yuki's reaction oh. um and I also like that it is like genuine it is like genuine flirting and it's also like from Haru like kind of charged um and then with Yuki like I, he sounds like pretty annoyed like for the most part but honestly he sounds more genuine with the way that he flirts back with Haru than he does with any of the girls he flirts with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yuki. Like he's actually like, giving it back in like in a like he's giving it back the way that Haru was giving it to him. But when he flirts with girls it's not it, like that. He's like trying to be prince charming when he flirts yeah. with girls and when Haru is like I'm going to make you mine you he's like uh uh-huh and do what with me <laughs> Toru's standing there like hello so funny what's happened I met this man like 5 minutes ago and he's already gotten into a physical fight with Kyo and started like hitting on Yuki directly in front of me um there's no way yeah. to read Haru as straight if you there's read no Haru as straight no. then you're wrong <laughs> You're just, like, like there's some people where they they read, what, like, some people read Yuki as straight. Do I agree with them? <laughs> no. But do I technically think that, okay, like, I guess you can do that? Yeah, like, sure. You can read Yuki as straight if you really want to. I don't think you should, but you can. If you read Haru as straight, I'm like, did, what? How? Where? Where? Tell me where. And it's even more explicit later, but... Yeah. He's, like, out. I don't understand. He, he is out. <laughs> like, everyone, he, he doesn't make a secret of it at all. King of being out in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Probably even before that, judging by Yuki's behavior. Like, Surely. Oh my god. They're just, like... <laughs> yeah. Huh. And then they go back to fighting. Then they go back to fighting. I like the, like, over-exaggerated, like, I like the exaggerated fight, like, they're, like, in, like, a martial arts anime or something, and then even Toru is like, I feel like we're in a martial arts movie. (laughs) It's cute. Yeah. It's funny. Um, It's Ibata having one strength. (laughs) Actually, he has two strengths. His first strength is comedy, his second strength is, um, directing actors. Yes. (laughs) um but they're having a nice time just like being uh annoying boys 
kicking the shit out of each other, like, under a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Under a fucking overpass. (laughs) They're just like, let's go under this overpass so Haru and Kyo can beat the shit out of each other in private. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Haru immediately is like, oh, I know how I can rile Kyo up. I'll imply that I'll, like, get with Toru. Um, He already clocked that situation. Um, I like that Haru, like, black Haru is, like, really sexual. (laughs) And and it's not just this episode. Like, there's, like, another time where he does, like, a very similar thing where he's black and he, like, starts aggressively hitting on Toru and, like, making, like, weird, like, coming on jokes. And they're like, stop! (laughs) He's, like, a it's, like, he, it's, like, it seems like black is, like... It's a lot of it is his anger, but it's like it's like just like a lot of the kind of stuff that you have to like repress emotionally. When he lets loose, he lets everything loose, including like I guess fucking pent up desires. But yeah, actually though, that makes a lot of sense because like he it's it's not like he can date. Nope. For many reasons. It, <laughs> yeah. Yuki Yuki does this thing that I really like in this episode where he like passive aggressively sparkles. Like he's so mad that he's like <laughs> passive aggressively sparkling. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that Yuki does this sometimes, but I just love that sometimes when Yuki is being bitchy, he also gets sparkly. I don't know why. It's really funny every time, but it's really funny every time. And but he's sparkly and like grinning. <laughs> he's so yeah, mad. Yeah. It's, like, it plays off his, like, whole, like, princely thing, except, like, it contrasts with his actual, like, emotion at the time. It's always so fucking funny. Or, like, his Um, words, yeah. 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 Um, he says something, like, I'm gonna- yeah, he says something violent or something while he's, like, smiling politely and sparkling. It's fucking hilarious. He does the Um, same thing in the IMA episode where he's, like- Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out of my house. Um, that's a cry. No, he's yelling properly at that. Uh, but he does it at IMA a couple times. There's a lot of moments with him and IMA that are really funny. Anyway. Yeah, should we talk about what I took extensive notes on this? Yeah. So, so go off. Time for Sophie. Time for Sophie. <laughs> Time for Sophie psychoanalyzing Yuki, as usual. Um, yeah. So Toru's like, uh, so, so Toru's like, wow, Kyo seems, like, really strong, and Yuki's like, yeah, he's probably the stronger of the two. He really likes martial arts. Um, and Toru's like, well, don't you like martial arts? Isn't that why you did it? Um, and I fucking love this part. It's so good. I love the, like, natural, like, the progression into the flashback, like, makes so much sense. Where, he his reasons for going into martial arts are presumably complicated like i'd say i was thinking he either did it because he maybe wanted to be included or to make connections with the other zodiacs or maybe even to like best kyo at something if he's like trying to be like competitive with kyo um and of course like these would all be like pretty subconscious because he was probably pretty young when he started martial arts i mean in the flashback he looks like he's probably in elementary school um, so his reasons for starting it are complicated to begin with. Um, and then there's this whole thing of, like, Yuki does not think about his childhood. 
Like, at this point in the story, he is repressing everything that, that happened at the estate. So when Toru asks him about his childhood, I think it just, like, triggers this, like, flood of emotions that he's been keeping pressed down for a really long time um, and not letting himself think about. Um, and because it, like, triggered the, these emotions, it triggered the, as we've talked about, the physical response to how he felt physically when he lived on the estate, which was just so sick. Um that it triggers an asthma attack. Um, so I really like that explicit connection that they made from the question to the result. It's good writing. Yeah, big agree. And then there's, like, I really like the, like, framing, like, the filmmaking of it, of Yuki watching the two of... Y- Yuki watching Haru and Kyo feeling left out. Um, and then Akito's hands coming from behind him with this sound effect. Uh, I'm fucking obsessed um like i love like we don't see that it's akito we don't really need to see that it's akito we know that it's akito and i like like akito's eyes coming from behind hands coming from behind to cover his eyes like akito is so like omnipresent in yuki's life that they even control like basic facilities like yuki's vision um but i also like that the flashback cuts off before Akito completes the action of putting their hands over Yuki's eyes because Yuki cuts the memory off because he has become overwhelmed with an asthma attack. Um, yeah. I just, like, really like the way that it was done. Yeah, it's almost like his body uh, mm. protecting him from his flashback where yeah. he shuts down to physically to shut down where he was going emotionally. Um, so he doesn't have to actually start going any further with that train of thought. Um, I also, I think also it's like, that scene I think on some level might have also implied that martial arts was one of the only ways he could escape being around Akito. Um, cause it's not like Akito did fucking karate. Um, right. <laughs> And so it might have been one of the only times during his childhood where he could physically get away from Akito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, aside from just, like, wanting to not... Th- I mean, obviously he felt left out. Um, and that was obviously part of it. But yeah, I think that mm-hmm. was, like... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that could be also an element. But yeah, by and large, everything else you said agree with. And I thought it was a really well-done flashback. It it fit really nicely into the episode. It was all, it all flowed very neatly. And I, it was, yeah, very well placed and well executed. Yeah. I actually noticed when I was watching the OG a couple of months ago that it's not in the episode at all. Yuki just starts having an asthma attack. I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) Because yeah, I guess he could start, he could start to have an asthma attack, I guess. I mean, he's just standing there, but like, I like, because like we know that like, his asthma and, like, his health issues are so connected to his emotions that, like, what triggers it there is not that he's running too hard or anything like that. It's that he- it's his trauma. Yep. Like, he's already sick. He right. just ran. Right. It's cold. So those are all things that- I mean, speaking of someone with asthma, <laughs> right. all things that are enough to, to trigger an asthma mm-hmm. attack. Um, and then it's just, yeah, that final sort of, like, emotional trigger that pushes him over the edge. Um, yeah. It was good. Um, and then I love that Haru immediately snaps out yeah. of 
be like the the minute Yuki goes down, Haru is done with being dark. Immediately in uh, make sure Yuki's okay mode, he's ripping off his coat, putting it on Yuki. Immediately starting to like problem solve the situation. Like, okay, Yuki's having an un- asthma attack, and we're under an underpass. What do we do now? Um, and I also really like that he's able to read Yuki when Yuki is, like, not able to actually communicate. Like, he's like, oh, we should take him back to the estate so he can see uh, Hattori, and Yuki, like, looks up at him, and Haru's like, never mind, we're not doing that. Okay, uh, let's see what we got. Let's, next problem. How do we get him back to Shigure's? Uh, but it's fun. He's very, like, pragmatic in this moment, where previously he'd either been, like, a space cadet, or he'd been, uh, dark and screaming, uh, and now he's in, and now that, but when shit hits the fan, Haru is very pragmatic, and, uh, also just a good guy. Um, he's very reliable. Yeah. He's reliable. Um, he's good in a crisis, I guess. He Not is. that this is a particularly bad crisis, but he is. Because um, he, he's really good at, like, um, well... Most of the time, he's good at keeping his cool. And in this yeah. kind of situation, he would be good at keeping his cool. When he can't keep his cool, it's about himself, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, I, that's, like, one of my favorite moments between Yuki and Haru. Like, ultimate favorite, one of my ultimate favorite moments between them is this moment. The nonverbal communication. It just, like, it definitely, like, implies that they know each other very well. Um... That Haru was able to understand Yuki when he's not speaking. Referential to Yuki and Haru being best friends when Yuki didn't speak. Um, and also shows that, like, Yuki really trusts Haru, I think. Yeah. And in this situation, he trusts that Haru is gonna understand what he means. Yeah. And then... Haru transforms into an ox to physically carry <laughs> Yuki on his back, back to Shigure's, which is, like... I think is both, like, exemplifies, like, the kinds of lengths Haru is, like, easily and happily willing to go to to help Yuki, and also just kind of, like, the kind of guy he is, in that he's just like, okay, I'll turn into a fucking ox, like, and walk through the streets of Tokyo like this, this is fine. Um, And he moves for the bisexual drama of it all. Like, he just moves. (laughs) He can talk, but he chooses to moo instead. So fucking funny. He also so doesn't bother funny. to take off his shirt. He just lets it explode off his body. He destroys all of his clothes. <laughs> you know, I really like that about Fruits Basket, that that she takes the clothing into account. Yeah. Because I feel like in a um, lot of transformation anime, they just, like, are wearing the clothes or, so, or, like, the clothes, like, disappear by magic, too. But no, like, Haru loses that outfit. It's gone. Yeah. I, I mean, I th- honestly, it's kind of considerate, considering it's like, okay, I have to hug Toru to transform. I'm not going to strip down before I hug her. <laughs> so, I guess he's like, well, even though I, like, he kind of, he, like, hits on her, but he's not going to, like, be like, I'm going to sm- become nude and embrace you. He's just like, I guess this outfit's going to go away now. Um, Yeah. <laughs> And then he physically carries Yuki on his back, back to Shigure's, which so I thought funny. was, like, a fun... It's, A, really, really funny, just that they're walking through the streets of Tokyo, 
like, as uh, with this cow and this teenage boy <laughs> on this cow's back. And, oh, I forgot to mention earlier, but Kyo's fucking barefoot this entire oh my time. God, During yes. the race, he takes off his shoes. No, he takes off his, his shoes before his... the race. Yeah. His, <laughs> yeah, he's racing, holding his shoes in his hands. Why he even brought his shoes, I don't know if he was going to run around barefoot this entire time. But Kyo is just, like, running through the streets of Tokyo barefoot this entire episode, which is... Fucking, he loses all of his domestication the minute this race comes up, and this is proof. Um, and then he's hissing at children, um, because the children see a cow, and they're like, is it time for a cow parade? Um, I mean, what would you think so if you're, like, an eight-year-old in Tokyo, and you see a cow <laughs> walk by? <sighs> I like yeah, that he, he um, even has, like, a little cowbell, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't or know where it a came cowbell from, sound but effect. It's, manifests um (laughs) it's part of an animal form (laughs) it's a fun it's a fun like callback to the folklore where the ox carries the rat on its back um in the version i read like over the river but i don't know i guess just to the banquet in the version they use in fruits basket but uh really weird that they get rid of the race aspect but still like keep in the rat riding on the ox's back as, like, a way the rat, like, tricked the ox. You should have just kept the race, Takaya. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a fun callback to, like, the folklore. Yeah. It's good. I like Haru eating oh. Shigure's kimono sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> they walk in. It's like, I'm like, you are a man. Why are you I think he just, I think, like, Haru turns into a cow, and he's like, I'm a cow now. (laughs) Whatever. If you expect me to to behave not like a cow, you shouldn't have turned me into a cow. Um, Like, I really think he's doing it because he thinks it's funny. Absolutely. (laughs) And and Um, he's right. It is funny. (laughs) And then Shigura gets banished. Uh... To go get their shit from high school, from school, uh, and for some reason, they, was this in the manga, or was this, like, a callback to the OG where they have him be weird about high schoolers? I think it's a callback to the OG. I don't think it's in the manga. Wish they hadn't, I guess is all I'll say about that. And, well, so for the reboot, I'm for the reboot, for the podcast, we're watching the Japanese um, but, like I've said, I've seen season one in English, like, a million times. I will straight up never forgive John Bergmeier. Have you seen this episode in English? He sings no. the fucking song. Oh, He why? sings the song. Just and leave. I just know, I just know that it was the fucking actor being like, I want to sing the song from the OG because I think it's funny. Because that's such an actor thing to do. So I'm blaming it on John Bergmeier. Bitch, it's not funny. It's fucking weird. It's not funny. It It wasn't wasn't funny. funny. It wasn't funny in 2003, and it's not funny now. And why are you ruining Shigure's (sighs) character? Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks, and I don't like it. It's bad. And And it's not, it's just, like, not funny. And then the other thing about it is that it actually, like, doesn't even make any sense within the context of the episode, because then when you see him at the school, he's acting normal. Like, he's not acting creepy. Yeah, he's just, like, playing cards with Hana, like... Which actually makes me think uh, more that it wasn't in the manga. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. <sighs> fuck them for that. Fuck them. 
Um, that is the single biggest sin in this episode. Otherwise, it's a yeah. wonderful, beautiful episode. Um, uh, I, oh, he says, go, backtracking just a little bit for, before Shigure leaves, um, there's a nice, like, I, it actually was, like, nice, subtle foreshadowing when Toru, we talked about this, like, kind of in the beginning of the episode where Toru, like, freaks out when she realizes that Yuki might be sick. Um, and then when she's talking about, um, she's saying, like, oh, like, colds can be really serious, like, whatever, when they bring Yuki back to his room. And Kyo is, like, kind of, like, sulking, like, by the door. And when she starts talking about it, he, like, turns to look over his shoulder. I thought it was a nice little baby bit of foreshadowing. Kyo's good. Yeah. Um, And also, yeah. Toru and her respiratory infection trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we get so, I really like this, the bit with, um, I like, A, that they dress Haru up in Kyo's clothes. I, I know. think that's cute. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's funny seeing him dressed as Kyo and how obviously they're Kyo's clothes. <laughs> um, and then I just, I like their little interaction in this part where Kyo's like, you want to finish the fight? And Haru's like, no, I don't feel like it. You're stronger than me. I just have to, I have to, I'll have to train up before next time. And Kyo's like, you fucking brat. You're the worst. Like, um, I have a lot of cute little moments. And then he, like, gives Haru a noogie. And I, they have, like, a very cute friendship sort yeah. of, like, big brother, little brother sort of dynamic that I really like. Like, they met earlier when they were fighting, Kyo was like, I had to walk this dipshit to the bathroom as kids, and this is how he repays me, the ungrateful little shit. And then we have this with him being like, you're such a brat, and like giving him a noogie. I think they're really cute. They're, 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 I love them. Yeah, I definitely consider, I, I agree. I, I consider Haru and Kyo, like, they're basically brothers. Yeah. I think they do a really good job, like, implying a lot of history and familiarity in this episode without like go launching into any kind of backstory they just are like here's enough information like you know they did martial arts together as kids and then they give you little pieces here and there about like kyo having to walk haru to the bathroom and stuff like that to like just give you the sense of what the relationship is with each other and then in line with how they act around each other currently it's just like you get this real sense of like familiarity i guess yeah yeah I wish we got more, like, Haru Kyo content, because, yeah, I think their relationship is really sweet. I think they're very, like, easy around each other, and they just, like, know each other really well. Yeah. But it's not, like, they don't have, like, the level of intensity that Haru and Yuki has, which actually Haru, like, kind of brings up. Yeah. Um, Haru and Yuki have their own weird thing. Haru and Yuki Um, are kind of intense. They are. But I love them. It's one of my favorite relationships in Fruits oh, Basket. Oh, big same. Oh my god, yeah, should we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I am a Yuki Haru truther. Me um, too. It's, it's been my burden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're good! And, like, yeah, um, I just... From a storytelling perspective, I really love everything about their backstory and how it fits in with the curse how it fits in with just like 
kind of the cult of the somas and how it interprets the original myth i just like i love how every aspect of it i think it's really clever and impactful and fits in fruits basket really fruits baskets can sometimes be annoying and self-contradictory where i'm like what do you want us to think takaya but in this sense it's like i think the thesis of like what she's doing with Haru and Yuki's relationship and backstory is really like clear and fits in with the overall themes of Fruits Basket so perfectly. It's just really well done. Um, but yeah, we get this like flashback backstory where we hear about how Haru was like a troubled kid. He had a lot of like, he had emotional issues that were exacerbated by everyone. Like, basically, like, leaning into this myth around him being the ox and calling him stupid and just, like, labeling him and branding him with certain qualities despite him not showing them and just making assumptions about him and forcing these sort of expectations upon him to be a certain kind of person um, because of the curse and how that caused him a lot of issues socially and emotionally, um, and shaped his opinion of Yuki, um, where he had never met Yuki, but already, like, deeply resented him because everyone his entire- all of the adults in his life had been, like, had painted Yuki as this person who had somehow metaphysically taken advantage of him, and he was some kind of idiot for that, um, which I think really exemplifies just, like, the culture of the Somas and how from birth they put these assumptions on these kids and like create relationships between them just from the get-go based on all of these off the curse yeah um yes and i mean i can just keep talking but um, <laughs> <laughs> through the whole flashback but yeah and then we we break into like haru meeting yuki actually for the first time and like unloading all of these things that he had had shoved on him by the adults in his life um and his anger at yuki and then yuki who's also like been in this position i don't i think this happens before he meets Kyo, I believe so. I believe this is one of... I think it's after. They seem older. Oh, okay. Yuki's, like, five when he meets Kyo. Okay. Yeah. And I think that... I Actually, I think we talked about this in the flashback episode. I think that they're, like, in, like, upper elementary at this point. They're a little okay. bit older. But, yeah. Haru screams at Yuki about all of the things that all of basically all of the ways that Yuki has been painted against Haru um based on these assumptions people have made about them and i think Yuki very quick i it's it's interesting that Yuki i think realizes in this moment or on some level he like wants to like Haru i guess and it's, it's the contrast between what people have insisted that Yuki and Haru are versus the actual people they are that creates this, this emotional conflict within them. 
And Yuki points this out to Haru, basically, where Haru's like, it's your fault, I'm stupid, and everyone thinks that I'm stupid, and Yuki goes, but are you, actually? Is this something that's true about you, or is it something that people have told you is true about you? And I think just in that moment, Haru realizes, like, kind of how this, the way he's, the way the somas are is kind of rotten to the core on some level, and having a single person believe him and believe what he says about himself and believe his internal reality instead of what everyone else is telling him is real changes his life permanently and also like gives him this sort of eternal like deep affection and love for Yuki for being the only the first person to actually listen to how he felt about his perception of himself versus what everyone else perceived him to be yeah big agree and actually um since we were just talking about the order in which things happened i was wondering like why is yuki able to say something so emotionally intelligent to haru when kyo confronts him before this he is like paralyzed and i think like maybe to some level like because this has happened to him before that he's able to and he's a little bit older he's able to um actually form a response um, and actually, and because he's older, be able to start questioning things that the Somas have taught him. Um, and also, like, just, like, speaking of Kyo, like, when I was watching this, I just felt like Haru and Yuki's whole thing, I feel like, is what Yuki and Kyo could have been. Um, but the thing is, is that both sides were too stubborn. Whereas in this situation, I don't think that Yuki actually, like, held any ill will towards Haru, even if he knew that Haru didn't like him. Um, and he was more willing to, like, meet Haru where Haru was. Um, whereas, like, with Kyo, like, he had been indoctrinated his entire life to despise Kyo. And then when Kyo confronted him in that way, and it hurt him so much that he just leaned into that hatred. Um, like, it is, like, definitely, like, a parallel to, and, and, and also I think, like, to an extent, like, Haru and Kyo are pretty similar. Like, they're both, like, they both have anger issues as a result of their trauma. They bottle things up, um, and, but, like, because Yuki actually demonstrated compassion to Haru, as opposed to just where he sees Kyo and he just rips him a new one their entire life, he never shows Kyo any compassion, that uh, Haru and Yuki are able to, like, bond over what has been done to them, as opposed to Yuki and Kyo just fighting about it forever, uh, because they can't meet them- they can't meet each other in the middle. Yeah. And also, like, their situations are not as loaded. Like, Haru is not the cat. No. Yeah. It's like, there's- there's a little less baggage there for them to unpack, um, and also- I think, like, the shit Kyo says to Yuki ends up targeting him in a lot- in his- in sore spots that Haru doesn't really go for. Yeah. Like, Haru's just like, you ruined my life and you suck. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. It's not as specific. What Kyo says to Yuki is exactly what Akito has been saying to him, but Haru is more- Well, actually, well, that's what we were saying, right? Is that, like, Haru's issues- 
are more like with himself they're like more internal so like when haru's like you ruined my life like everyone thinks i'm an idiot because of you like it's about haru it's not about yuki but kyo makes it out to be like it is about yuki like you like we would all be better if you didn't exist and whatever um yeah so it's less personal for sure makes it a little easier to approach and then yeah yeah, it's like it's it's a really big moment for haru and i think haru is one of the characters like after he has this moment he's pretty young and i imagine it takes him like years probably to like fully unpack and like grow and get to where he is like as he is now but i think he's one of the characters that's like the most aware of how fucked up their childhood is and the most like he he's like processed it probably the best out of a lot of the characters um because i think so young like he realizes at this really young age that like oh just because all of these adults are telling me something about myself is true doesn't actually make it true because he has Mm -hmm. this moment with yuki and it i think enables him to like get through his childhood without internalizing some of the stuff in a way that is so damaging um the way a lot of the other characters do Um, yeah i also think we we don't know this for sure because we never meet haru's parents but i i kind of just think from the implication that haru's parents are not as bad as some of the other soma parents yeah they're they're like they're They're not bad enough to to like mark to like merit any traumatic flashbacks you know like yeah i mean they're probably like um like sugar ace parents you know they probably are just hands off Mm Hmm. yeah i mean they don't seem too upset when he disappears for three days (laughs) go fight kyo but his Um, mom does come pick him up from school in the season two so she's around yeah um i actually wanted to talk about something that happens right before the flashback Okay. And it's Haru very casually coming out of the closet to Toru, and Toru taking it very badly. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. He said, yeah, I was in love with Yugi, and (laughs) Toru falls up the stairs. It's like, Yugi was my first love, and Toru's like, what? (laughs) Toru, like, you just watched him hardcore flirt with Yugi. Are you really that shocked? Look at what he was wearing. Your friends are lesbians. Like, come on. <laughs> come on, girl. Uh, yeah. It, it's funny. And, yeah, another reason I don't know how you read. Yeah. There's no straight reading of Hatsuharu Soma. That's the biggest reason I think that if you say Haru is straight, I'm like, you just weren't watching the show where you're really homophobic. <laughs> it's like, it's not subtext. It's text. It's text. He's canonically bi. Again, like, I don't know if Takaya did it on purpose. Well, actually, I'll talk about it a little bit more, because this is what happens right after. It's right after he tells her the story. Yuki wakes up, and he's like, I told Toru how much I love you. (laughs) And Yuki is like, fuck you. But he says, um... (laughs) Yuki's like, really? He says, what if she takes you seriously? Which, like, he... And then Haru says, I was being serious. (laughs) Um... But I think, like, Yuki, I think that, like, Haru is so, so blunt that it comes off as irony. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not. It's... He's just very, very straightforward. Yuki is so used to so much, to, like, 
the somas and how often they talk around things and are like manipulative and like weird um and haru just is so straightforward and wears his heart on his sleeves mm-hmm. and it's like the op he's still like he's not emotionally repressed i mean he sort of is that's why he goes that's black. He, yeah but like He's still, he's, like, he doesn't lie. He's not trying to, like, obfuscate his intentions in any way. Or he's, he's, if he tells you something, you can believe Haru, basically, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's a trustworthy character. Um, so I think, like, just because Yuki's so used to people, words and stuff having double meanings, he assumes Haru is, like, fucking around. And it's like, no, that's just Haru. Well, I think it's, I think it's a couple of things. I think, yeah, he's assuming that Haru is fucking around, yeah, like you said, for that reason. Um, and also, like, it seems like, um, Yuki's not surprised when Haru says this. Haru has said this before, in front of Yuki. Yuki is aware of this situation. And I think, like, one, like, it probably makes him uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, because he's a little homophobic. No, he's a very homophobic. Because Yuki is homophobic. Um, and probably also the attention is, is probably weird. Homophobic. He's gay and homophobic. I think, like, he's, like, weird about attention, too. Because there's stuff that hasn't been adapted yet, but, like, where he finds out that someone is actually attracted to him, and he's like, oh, what? Like, it's, like, weird for him. <laughs> um, and, like, I think, like, that is part of it, too. Um, but also, I do feel like this line is Takaya inserting herself um, her little homophobic opinion on the matter, um, like, it just, like, reads, like, autorial voice, like, I, I think it's Takaya as well. It fits for Yuki, but I think Takaya's like, no, Haru's fucking around. It's like, no, Takaya, like, you wrote a bisexual character. (laughs) I don't know how else you want you, I, I don't know how or why you would want me to interpret that as a joke. Doesn't make sense to interpret as a joke, but, like, okay, um. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Um, it's, it's, it's so weird to watch her try and play that off as a joke. Um, <laughs> I also, like, I like, I really like how she subverts the whole, the ox. I mean, like, in the story, um, it's like, oh yeah, the rat is conniving, like, the rat's, like, a trickster and takes advantage of the ox, and the ox is stupid to let the rat ride on his back. But I like how Takaya subverts this as, like, kindness. Your your kindness is not a mistake, and it's not... Kindness is not stupidity. If people take advantage of that, that is their own, like, personality flaws and not your stupidity. And I really like that sort of through line in Fruits Basket. I think it's really compassionate. And I think it's also, like, something that, like, if more people internalized about themselves, it would be a lot easier to, like... Because I think, like, when you have someone take advantage of you, one of the emotions, you feel really, really stupid. Um, and it takes a really, really long time to, like, get rid of that, like, self-blame for being taken advantage of. And I really like the message in Fruits Basket that, like, if you are kind and well-intentioned and someone takes advantage of you, that's not you being stupid, that's someone else being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I like, and I, and then I like that, yeah, Haru carries Yuki on his back in this episode, and it's not because he's stupid, it's because he's kind. Yeah. And it's good. I like the way she subverts the folktale. 
That's good. Um, <laughs> then we get this like funny little moment where <laughs> Toru calls Yuki, Yuki-kun. <laughs> and he immediately turns into a fucking rat! The way he bounces. <laughs> so cute. Aerodynamic. <laughs> and he bounces yeah. and then he he's, he lands on his stomach and he just stays there because he's humiliated. <laughs> just, just, it's like, ah. But it's cute okay. that he's like so overwhelmed with emotion that she's being familiar with him that he like can't take it. It's cute. He loves Toru. <laughs> he really does. And Haru's like, ha ha. Nice. <laughs> Haru's both pleased that Yuki is, like, genuinely doing better and has a friend that he cares about, and he's also amused that he made Yuki turn into a rat out of <laughs> flust- out of being so flustered. That's um, so good. Yeah. That's um, good. And then we have- I love the scene of Shigure, Hanajima, and Kyo, and, like, the two other- it's, like, two other random kids playing cards at school. And then so it cuts funny. to um, little cat Kyo and dog Shigure tucked onto the futon together. <laughs> also, to this is the last so... time we see Shigure as a dog. R.I.P. Poor one out Rip. for Shigure as a dog. Shigure should um, be a dog more often. Yeah. We're only nine episodes into the first season, and that's the last time we ever see him as a dog. What a ripoff. Tragedy. It's so um, cute, though. It is cute. And I like that their dumbasses all just like played poker out in the cold and <laughs> got sick. Hot Hattori's like, I hate you people. Hattori sounds legitimately so mad. It's like, you guys are the fucking worst. <laughs> I hate this family. I hate this fucking family. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great. That's episode nine. Oh. That's episode nine. What so a fucking good. good episode. I, I love, love episode, episode nine. It's so funny. And Haru's the just best. Haru's the best boy. Oh. I want to be friends with Haru, but he's I not know. real. I know. I want to be friends with Tragic. him, too. He's just... He's great. He's so um, endlessly good. Every, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, that's Haru, and I love that guy. Um, <laughs> Mood. Yeah. thanks for listening to this week's podcast if you have anything you want to ask us or anything you want us to discuss just hit us up on social media uh soma so good thanks for listening and we'll see you next time